Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, internet? It is December 19th. We are coming to you live from not in the brick house. I'm in my, my bedroom apartment. Is there, are there bricks in that house, though? Nah, that's kind of, nah. I guess outside there might, there might be. There okay. might be bricks outside. There are no bricks right. here. But, but there's us. Austin Walker, Patrick <laughs> Klepik. Danielle is off on a, a vacation still. Uh, Danica is working from home also. Um, it's, it's big, I'm always working from home. That's where you live. You live and work from home. Uh, it's one of those things, right? Like sometimes you just need to work from home. For me today, it's I have to get a lot of things written today between our end of year stuff that I haven't had time to work on and yeah. some stuff that for the new year. Um, it turns out one of the jobs of like running a site is that you don't get to focus on the current big project. You have to focus on the next thing. And that it turns out is like harder than it, it might should be. You know, yeah, not without infinite time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How have you been? Good. I. It's cold. Yeah, it I heard it got to like cold. negative something. Yeah, I was shoveling yesterday. It was one degree out, which bizarrely. So uh, when it's cold, it's similar to when it's hot. Like if it's hot and there's if it's humid, uh, it doesn't have to be very warm out in order for it to be miserable. Right. It just gets more miserable as it gets uh, higher in temperature. It's the right. same thing kind of with cold. Like it was one degrees yesterday and I went and shoveled my driveway for 45 minutes and like it was fine like I actually didn't even wear gloves but like the moment you'd introduce like any wind into the equation it's, it's over it's done yeah it's bad and I got this I got this problem I got to solve in my office at the moment it's it's extremely cold is it in, of the window? in my office the, the it's big... not it's not a window it's a it's an electrical outlet uh that uh, I, I was going to plug a heater into because I was like, man, my feet are chilly. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll just put this little portable heater in. Like, kind of, you know, I shut the door and I can kind of heat up the room if it, you know, kind of goes for 20 minutes. Uh, and then as I go to plug it in, I just feel a gust of wind. And I don't bad. know how houses or outlets work despite owning <laughs> one and have paid bad. a lot of money for it. But if you put your hand, so if you look at the outlet, it is frosted over. There is snow. That's in the dangerous. House. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's how people die. I've seen Final Destination 1 through 4. There's five of them. I didn't see the fifth one. I think the last one was The Final Destination. That's, oh, yeah. Anyway, Maybe. there might be one more, and it might be your house. You have yeah, to be careful, it's bad. Patrick. So I have to go buy an insulator kit after we record this podcast, because not only is <sighs> it... Like, I spend half my day regulating my temperature. I'm probably losing a profound amount of money. Yeah, heated. And it's probably dangerous. It's, and it's probably dangerous. Right. But also money. Also, I'm sure that room should be being heated for less. And 
uh, keep in mind, it was frosting over, and I was plugging things into it. That's for what a long I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, no longer plugging things into it. At any point, you could have just been got. Like that would have been it. Oh, what happened to Patrick? <laughs> Weird story. Check your outlets. Like you would have been a lesson people taught. That's not good. I'm not chat. I'm not using the outlet. The outlet has. I've. I've Chad is put something. It. I've put something over it to try and contain the heat before I take care of it. But uh, it's yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Well, it, young Slav in the chat's like, how is there frost on outlet? Well, because when there is one degree weather, like shooting through it. Yeah. But then I turn up the heat in this room. I don't think the frost is from outside. Yeah. It is. It is the fact that cold air is coming in and is yeah. There's the frost is coming from the, inside the house. Exactly. Yes. That's the okay. I've figured out the horror there it is. story that I'm gonna. I've been talking. I've been telling myself I'm gonna write a short form horror story for the better part of 15 years. I Here finally it got it. Finally, it's when it's when I was gonna shove an, a heater into an outlet and then I died. It's a compelling story full of drama. When you weren't almost dying and when you weren't almost freezing, what were you doing this weekend? What are you up to? I finished the Last Guardian. Oh, you I, did. I, I I am the Last Guardian. Okay. I didn't start it this weekend. I. I was playing it all last week cool. uh, after I finished uh, Final Fantasy 15, but we just didn't have time to to yeah. really talk about it. But what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's uh the highs of that game are very high, and the lows of that game are very low. Um, I'm glad it exists. I'm glad I played it. How long did I it think, take you to get through that? Uh, like maybe ten, eight, ten hours. Okay, this maybe I'm closer right. than I thought. Uh, I'm trying to decide yeah, we, whether or not I should push through, basically. Hmm. Like, or do I spend that time going back and beating Doom? Do I spend that time going back and Ooh. playing Infinite Warfare? Do I spend this is the thing that's like it's end of year. If you're asking me if you know, should drop the Last Guardian and go play Doom instead, then that is that is the mm-hmm. easiest fucking uh, decision you could make today. I just wanted the the one that's actually been getting me is actually and this is going to sound familiar. I've been feeling really guilty about not having played The Witcher all the way through. Uh, even though that game didn't even come out this year. But as we get to the end of the year, I'm thinking about, like, Blood and Wine and how good that's, that apparently is and how, like, all the time I'm playing Final Fantasy XV feels like I could have been playing The Witcher. I got this, like, really bad guilt spell the other night where even though I was having some fun, I hit a, I hit a really bad lull in Final Fantasy XV. I got through it. I'm back to liking that game again, but I hit, like, five hours straight where it felt bad. And it felt like I was wasting my fucking time. Um, <laughs> and that wasn't even the bad – that wasn't even like chapter 13 or whatever. It was just No, like, then then you start questioning a lot of life decisions in chapter was, 13. Yeah, so I'm, I'm – and I don't want to – I want to go back to Last Guardian and get your thoughts on it. But I just want to voice this right yeah. now before I lose mm-hmm. it, which is that like I'm at the point in Final Fantasy 15 where I'm 20-something hours in. Uh, I've done a lot of the side stuff. A lot of it hasn't paid off. Like again and again and again, it didn't pay off. Yep. Right? You uh, you mean you're getting tomatoes for the seventh time? Exactly. Getting tomatoes or frogs. Didn't or turn beans. out to like reveal some deep insight about the farming community in Final Fantasy 15. Or car parts. And the thing that's frustrating is like it might. I might be two side quests away from no. a big reveal. No. No. Okay. No. Um, no. No. And you don't. And you you've played enough of that game that the back half of the game is not like the part where the story kicks yeah. in. Like none of that is right. Like none of it's gonna be like, oh, that was worth the six hours of uh, tomato oh, that collection. characterization and bad dialogue from the right. beginning of the game. Like they really fixed that in the back half. No, like oh, are the character motivations gonna finally get explained? I like, still generally no. like. I still like. I had a couple of good moments with Gladio that were really cool. I had a really good prompto sequence. Like there's some stuff that's okay. That's still being okay. Yeah. And I think some of that. So I got to a dungeon last night that was like 
this old, these old, I would have to go find Mithril, and it did the frustrating thing of me, like, having Mithril in my inventory already, finding different Mithril things throughout the dungeon, but none of that was the Mithril I needed, I guess, I needed mm-hmm. a different piece of Mithril, yeah. um, but that dungeon was actually really cool, and I like the character, right, that, that you kind of go through it with, but I, I keep, like, not understanding the who these people are in this like world what's going on you know, like I, I get why the, sometimes villains are your friends that and then happens they disappear. a lot <laughs> Dude, i get i i get why there are my friends and disappear because that's how anime works i get it that i'm willing to hand wave the thing i'm not is when i first started playing this game i made the supposition of like it feels like there are two worlds there's like the world of the big empire the, the kind of the, the kind of up, upstairs downstairs split and downstairs is middle america in this in this analogy and the coasts the like evil empire over here and the good empire over here uh insomnia uh like they're the the upper they're they're the upstairs part of the upstairs okay. downstairs drama and that's why these like rich kids don't understand anything about the rest of the world and they don't dress like anybody else and blah 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 but the more i think about it the more i play this game it feels like there are three sides and it's like mm-hmm. the people who really understand the world and who understand or who understand the the kind of imperial political intrigue stuff, the war, why it's happening, who what the relationships are, who's in charge here and there. Then there's like everybody else in the world who also understands all of that stuff, which is like is too busy to give a fuck about it. Like they're not they're not stupid. They understand who the imperial <laughs> chancellor is. They are connected to yeah. the oracle. They have you know religious you know interests. Blah blah blah. And then they're like the main characters who spend a lot of time with the chancellor of the evil empire. He mm-hmm. tells them their his name. He says, "Oh, it's mm-hmm. me. It's me, Arden. My name's Arden. Nice to meet you." He's dressed like the only dude in the world who dresses like that. Yes. And then there's like a the reveal of him being the Imperial Chancellor, homie. He was in your hometown two weeks ago. He was there while you were there. He's in the newspaper. You have a smartphone. <laughs> like if I met some dude awesome. who was this, like, "Awesome, this is a game where they learn about the destruction of a city and the death of." Uh, your fa- of Noxus's father, the king, through a news through, through I know. A, pe- a paper, I know. a newspaper. I know. They have cell phones, and they find out if they're ba- like at least put a line in that says there was an EMP bomb, and you no. can't use your goddamn cell phone. No, because he gets a phone call, like he calls somebody. He's like, "Oh shit, my dad died." <laughs> <laughs> like someone should have called him. Or the other thing, there, te- I texted him, sent him a snap, sent him a snap, a snap. He's like, Yo, "Ah, your dad's dad. Here's your dead Hold dad her. back here." Yeah. Like. <laughs> got him like that's all so ah hmm it just it it and i'm sure it's building to something i get the feeling that the characters around noctis understand more about the world than he does that he's been very pampered and like closed off from the world um but it's it's very frustrating when it's it's like if vladimir putin rolled up and he was like yo what's up i'm vlad i got this horse you want to like go hang out and i'm like oh word cool i know another guy named vlad but no connection i guess like how don't you know you need to know Ugh. Yeah, the core core four group is in, in that game is interesting. Uh, I, I think it's uh, the end. The, it it is not the deep examination of uh, modern masculinity that maybe mm-hmm. we thought that, that they were going for. But I will say that like there is decent emotional payoff for like the cool. the like if if you look at if you ignore all the bad stuff in the story of Final Fantasy fifteen, which is like most of it. I like it's mostly all bad, unexplained motivations, why events are occurring, uh, or at least they're not given enough context for you to buy why they're occurring. Uh, they do, I think, meaningfully pay off like the friendship of the four. Like, if anything, like there's a giant missed opportunity because like you know very little of the backstory of right. these four dudes. Like, I would have loved like 
I don't know, like prologue chapters or something. They were like, why do these four care about each other? Like you kind of get a little bit of that, like because you spend, you know, 33 to five hours with them and some idle dialogue fills right. it in. But they, they probably uh, could have done You didn't rush out there. to watch Brotherhood? That wasn't, you didn't watch the animated nope. backstory? If I need to watch an anime or a CG movie to understand your game, you fucked up. I'm just saying the anime is out there for you. If you really want to, those, those questions are burning a hole in your skull. Just Whatever. Th- this comes from this comes from the guy that watched Mobisodes for Lost. So maybe I should <laughs> not be throwing bricks at this glass house called Final Fantasy Fifteen. It's great. We all have our vices. We all do. We do. Uh, uh, so Austin, Austin, what's up? Hey, hi. We work for Vice. Oh right, shit. I can't say that anymore. We all have our. I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> a thing people don't know is Vice makes ads for other people sometimes. Like, that's a thing. Like, oh, hey, we got super good at making documentaries and shit. We should just make ads. And we have a company that we that makes our ads for other companies called Virtue, which is, like, extra hilarious to me. It's just like, mm-hmm. they, you have to do it at some point. So, I just, I'm tickled by that. Uh, so, Last Guardian. Let's get back to that really quick. Because yeah. I am very curious about what your overall takeaway was. I there was someone, someone said this on Twitter. I can't remember where. That part of your reaction to The Last Guardian will be colored by what kind of pet person you are. Mm. And what your experience are with, with animals. Um, which, like, Trico is is tough to control, yes. let's say. Um, um, intentionally so, I think. Like, he is yeah. he is very much meant to be... Uh, uh, or a she? I guess I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know if they gender Trico in the in the game. Whatever. No either. It Trico. Um, uh, you know what you learn early on is like you shouldn't be spamming you know actions to uh-huh. Trico. Like you need to like be very deliberate. Uh, you need to kind of lean uh, or kind of like uh, uh, you know you sometimes get off and like run ahead and like kind of lead Trico to where it should be going. I also find that's like a very convenient way of excusing like some very frustrating moments in the right. game. Like. Like there, there's a way that both are true. There's it, that uh, what makes Trico interesting and what are some of those satisfying moments are finding ways to treat him how you ought, you actually will treat an animal to like give like obvious repetitive instructions in order come to on, get them to accomplish a goal. Jump, uh, come on and, and jump. And you could also argue that like it's very poorly implemented in a lot of places right. and frustrating to a degree that it shouldn't be. Right. Um. And but I, I will you know having owned an animal and my the, uh, the animal I do own looks like remarkably like Trico mine does not have g- giant claws um or wings okay, as far helps. as I'm aware but like in a certain light uh my chihuahua looks remarkably like uh Trico cuz like wait what's the name of your pet Pixel. Oh, I thought you said. Oh, your Chihuahua. I thought you said uh, Machala. Machala looks oh, my, a lot yeah, like my Machala. Cute. That yeah, sounds like, like a that sounds like a, a slur. It does. I was a <laughs> I feel very, like we said like, something Whoa. terribly inappropriate what right did now. Patrick just say shit. <laughs> oh, he said. Yeah. Did he just call Austin a Machala? Jesus I gotta stop Christ! Because if we actually, if that actually is something terrible, then we're really <laughs> digging ourselves into right a bad hole. Somewhere in Urban Dictionary, someone, someone is going is to put something there to make us feel feel bad. feel terrible. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I like there. There are moments where like I see myself and in, in my relationship with my own right, animal right. That, I, that I actually found like myself connecting with the game. And like there, are, let's say there's a specific emotional beat uh, uh, later in the game uh, that like I found like I was sitting there. I had 
uh, my daughter Jessica strapped to my chest because I was trying to calm her down, and I'm playing the game, and I have my mother-in-law walk around the house, and I'm playing this game on a projector where this giant beast is screaming, and then, like, this tender moment happens, and I find myself, like, tearing up, and I'm like, how am I going to explain this to anyone in this house? Like, Patrick, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm just trying to calm my daughter down and playing this video game, and I appear to be crying while this beast is screaming on this... It was... Sounds like a lot. An interesting moment. But like that's that uh, you know that's the sort of promise that that game had made in a sense. So if they're succeeding at it, nice, good on them, right? It's it succeeds enough that I think for people who have been really enjoyed uh, Fumito Ueda's work in the past, okay. like I, like you should play it. Like there is enough in here that's like, yeah. But like it's it is pre- like it is it's like you know it's I don't I don't I don't. I, can I tell you where I am and you can tell me how much longer? I have. Uh-huh. So I got yeah. through the big section of all of the bridges where you're pushing stuff, and then I fell really far, and it's this moment of just like, oh, you're back here. Oh, you gotta find food now yeah, to yeah, yeah. get them moving again. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're in, the la- you're in the final third. Okay, that's cool. I'll push through. I'll push through. Uh, I'd say the end, like, the, the ending is worth seeing if you've made it that far. Like, it's, the ending is really good. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty low compared. Like I'm ranking the Oueda games. Like going back though and played Eco or or Shadow lately. I don't know if I want to. Yeah. Like I I, I replayed uh, Eco before Shadow of the Colossus came okay. out, and I've not played Shadow of the Colossus. Eco. Since you, that means you replayed that. Eco a decade ago though, <laughs> or yes. or more. Given how often I I, I do not replay games, yeah. that's that's like that's. <laughs> pretty decent by my standards i'm also someone who doesn't go back and play games that often there's like a handful of things i'll return to but for the most part i am like constantly busy playing new stuff and i wonder sometimes if i should make more time for old games that i've already beaten and like like there's a handful of things i'll return to like i'll replay far cry 2 every time someone says far cry 2 for a while i would replay deus ex 1 whenever anybody said deus ex 1 but like i haven't gone back to play Lots of games I love. Yeah, I mean, my problem is I is it's, it's the time, and it's not yeah. just that like oh my time is limited because of like the context of my life. Now it's like, games are just such a huge time sink. Like uh, I make a point, like you know, I just saw Rogue One. It's like I made sure to watch Force Awakens and A New Hope because like it's not too hard to find right. time to like That's four sit and squeeze those movies in. Yeah. I can I can do other things. You know, I can have that on in the background while I'm like doing laundry or taking care of my daughter. Right. Like uh, whereas with games require such a deep amount of concentration, I. I'm with you. I think I don't fully like. I am someone that you know likes to enjoy the context and have the refresher of the context before the new thing happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't get to do that with games because the way they're structured just prevents me from doing that. That's compounded by my like my own life limitations. But like games themselves do not do not lend themselves very easily to being able to like enjoy the proper context. Like you know, when New Mega Man comes out. Come, uh, if a new Mega Man game is out, you know, you're not going to find the time to, like, go through the entire right. history in the same way that you could, like, more reasonably watch, like, I don't know, every Marvel film before the new one totally. comes out. Totally. Um, and that bums me out because you, I think you glean something from having totally. that context. Of course you do. Yeah. Like, I would have liked to have played Day Sex 1 before Mankind Divided came out because I think that would probably say something interesting about where that series has come from that I can't but speak where to do because – yeah, you know, it's tough. It's 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 a thing that I find myself talking to people who don't cover games a lot to try to explain to them this added just time sink element of them. It's just like 
to be able to say something meaningful about The Last Guardian means putting in eight hours. To be able to say something meaningful about Westworld means to put in a couple to watch a few episodes. And that doesn't mean that like our job is innately harder or something. It just means it's like, oh no, I need to schedule into my into my life another eight hours to get through this thing. And that's not or longer, right? Um, yeah. It's it's one of the reasons why I really am thankful that there are let's plays and things like that and and both both video and text actually. I, I was writing about a game, um, uh, Suda 51's Flower, Sun, and Rain once, and, uh, I was so thankful that someone had done a text-based, uh, LP of it where all of the dialogue was written, because it was like, it's searchable. Mm. Like, I can go through and search through this thing and find this specific moment I was looking for in which, um, there's this, there's this really good moment in which you're playing and you meet this kid who, Flower, Sun, and Rain is like the weirdest game. It's so good, but it's also not a thing I could ever recommend because it's torture to play. <laughs> Um, you're really okay. slow. It's, it's it's a mess. But there's this moment where this kid is like, listen, mister, like you think you're like this hotshot good guy, but also the second you stop talking to us, you think that we disappear. And it's like this really good moment of, uh, especially because like, I think they rewrote, they retranslated it such on the DS release to be about closing the world down. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, right. Like here's this kid who's like talking shit about me, the player, who's like constantly complaining about all these weirdos around him, but also doesn't give a fuck about them really because they're made up characters in my mind. Uh, right. Really good. Flower, Sun, and Rain, don't, don't miss it. Hot recommendation. 2016. Speaking of Suda51, yeah. I'm getting more and more curious about this weird Let It Die game. You should play Let It Die. I should play Silver Case. There are two Suda51 games that released in the last Yeah, year. there was a remake that just came out on Steam and PS4 and Vita, I think. Yeah, so Silver Case was the game that came out before. Flower, Sun, and Rain is the sequel to Silver Case. We only got Flower, Sun, and Rain. What? Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. And apparently it's so weird and like uh, surreal because Silver Case was so depressing to make. Um, and oh. he wanted to like lighten hmm. it up a little bit. So now I really got to go play that. But you should definitely play Let It Die. I put a few hours into Let It Die. Um, it's fucking weird. I want to meet Uncle Death. That's really I all I want to do. I need to meet Uncle Death before before you finish your Game of the Year stuff. You should you should at least meet Uncle Death. Yeah. Well, 2016 feels like it's just been a long lead up to meeting Uncle Death anyway. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you how my Thanksgiving went after we're done. Uh, <laughs> great. It's good. Whew. Anyway. Everyone, everyone's got an, uh, an awkward Uncle Death. Everyone's got an Uncle Death in their lives, you know? It's just it's how you deal with your Uncle Death. <laughs> I, think, I think actually life would be a lot better if we all had a real Uncle Death in our lives. Because <laughs> he's great. Uh, so what else, what else is going on, Patrick? You, you get up to anything else besides uh, Last Guardian? You saw Rogue One? I saw Rogue One. It's good. Should I see uh, it? I, I played. See it. I played. Yeah, you should see it. Uh, I played Rez for the first time in VR. Oh, I thought you meant... For the first time, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, pretty much for the first. Like, I've played a level, but like, I've never oh, you've like never played sat Res. Played Res before. That's an interesting perspective. Um, so, what I've you owned it, it. I've owned it multiple times because it's one of those like I should own that game. Yeah, you should. I'll, so get, you, I'll get around to did it. You played the whole thing in VR. I I, I played up through. Uh, uh, I died at the uh, what seemed like the end of Area Five um, during the boss sequence. That's sad. That's um, a good. That's a good fucking level. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, it's. But it, I, it's tough to play a game like that with the way people talk about it. Yes. You know, it's like when you go and play a game that is not just considered a classic by some, but like a spiritual life-changing experience <laughs> by the way yes. that some people I know talk about that game. It's incredibly difficult to then play it and like you can't sit down for something and go like, I'm ready to have my life changed. <laughs> it's and it's just like an unreasonable work. expectation nope. to put on on any any kind of media. Like – 
that happens more passively uh, than than actively, especially if you're anticipating it. So it was, it was, I had to go, you know, try to go in with an open mind of like, this is probably going to be disappointing, but not disappointing because it's Rez's fault. Right. Like, um, and I do like it, like it, it, especially in VR. Like, it, you know, if you've never played it before, like if you've thought about downloading it, like wait until you can try and play it in VR. Like if you're going to play it for the first time, period, like the VR like is a really incredible way to experience the, the visuals. But um, it really wasn't until literally Area 5 that like it sort of clicked for like, oh, this is why people find yeah. it as impre- – like Area 5 is like on its own. Like areas 1 through 4, they're fine. Uh, but there, I was mostly got through them and went like, that was a pretty decent, pretty – uh, you know, uh, a shooter. Like, I also am not super into, like, EDM and trance music, right. so, like, a little bit sure. that is lost on me. Uh, whereas, like, Area 5, like, tells a story um, and, like, has just some really incredible, overwhelming visuals that are responsible for why I died. Like, I, you know, Res is not a particularly difficult game, um, but Area 5 uh, is actually where, like, the first time they introduced Challenge and where the visuals are actually sort of, like, an impediment to your ability yeah. to, like, properly play in a way that's, like, really fascinating and heightened it's by VR. super weird in VR because, like, on one hand, it's – I think VR is way easier because of how quickly you can track enemies. You're just like da 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 and everyone is yeah. locked on and just dead. It's so much quicker than the analog stick. But also the barrage of information coming into your head – is so hard to keep a handle on because it's so much. It's so overwhelming, which I think speaks to what they intended with the game to begin with. And it's why it works so well in VR. Like one of the things about Res was this like cyberpunk transhumanist, like you were being the, the, the world is a world of information and it can be overwhelming. And, and the hacker who you are has to delve into these spaces that are just like so filled with color and light and sound and shape and they don't they often go together in cool ways but sometimes it can be a lot to take in um yeah. and so doing that in vr just like feels right in a way that even though it can be overwhelming the, the, the overwhelmingness isn't just like oh it's hard to keep track of these enemies it's like oh shit what's that over there oh whoops i'm getting shot now and that's a, <laughs> that's a cool type of difficulty to have yeah, it makes me wish uh and obviously the area they added to um to this area X is probably like I want another one of these but like made in 2016, right? Like so, so wait, like you know you, Res did you is play area X? No, you have to finish 5 in order to I died at the end of 5. So I need uh, to and be- You should check because so I talked to Mark McDonald about it. I think if you put an hour into that game, you just get area X. So, All right, so maybe I'll do some of, like, the other modes. Yeah. I mean, I want I mean, to see the finish, end of Area 5. Area also, 5. Area 5 is also, like, pretty long yeah. relative to the, yeah. the other ones. Like, I didn't try it a second time because I was like, oh, that actually felt like 10 minutes um, as opposed to the other ones, which are – you kind of, like, blink um, um, and the stages are over. But uh, in VR, that mechanic of, like, looking around and locking on works so incredibly yeah. well. Like, man, I uh, – you know, I don't know if we're going to – you know, Res 2 is probably a, a bad idea, which is why they made Child of Eden instead. Right. Which may have also been a bad idea. Play, I want to, like, take you by your lapels and shake you. Play Area X. Like, okay. they introduce the thing that's like, oh, this is what the next step is. It may, That was kind of what I got the impression of when I was uh, scrolling through the trophies list. And, like, three-fourths of the trophies are all dedicated to Area X, which made me think – I think the game I want is probably just like five areas of Area X, <laughs> which I don't know yet because I haven't played it yet. But that was my my hunch. Saying these words are making me want to like go hook up my PSVR and play Area X again because it's that good, and it's like it's that good. So, okay, all right, I will try. I will, I, I will do that this week. Still haven't used my PSVR with the Pro to see if there's differences in games that like made me sick. So I need to spend some time. And um, Res is one of the games. No, that no, got, no. Res uh, never made me sick. Oh, well, I was, but I was to say uh, Res has got a specific boost yes. um, uh, from uh, PlayStation Pro. Where I think it. 
like down samples from like 1440p yeah. or something yeah, like that. Like it does, it does some things of like, listen, it outputs at the same end thing, but we render it higher first and then we bring it down. So the quality level is still higher. I don't, it's, it's I think science. it's like a way, like, like it, this is like a moment where I wish I had Brad Shoemaker to explain it yes. to us. But, yes. Uh, my understanding is, yeah, you render higher natively and then bring it down and it makes it sharper. And it partially makes up for the fact that the PlayStation VR screen yeah. um, isn't as nice as the the Oculus and, and Vive. Though I I presume that a Res will show up on Steam at some point, yeah. too. I'm, I hope so. I hope. Yeah, I don't think Sony published it or anything, so... No, Good. no, I'm pretty sure it was like a licensing deal with Enhanced Games and, and Res was one of like Batman VR and um, um, Resident Evil that have like, you know, some sort of exclusivity deal with, yeah. with Sony. All right, cool. That's, that's, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not just thinking about Res uh, Area X. Yeah, that's fair. Not, it's, that's, See, you're one of those people. I want to be one of those people. I need to go to Area X. You need to, we need to take you to Area X, Patrick. We need no, to bring you in. No, stop it, Trump. Hey. Don't take me to Area X. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, uh, so what else? Where, where else are we at? What, what time is it? I need to look at the time. I need to figure it's 25. out. 25. We, and we don't have like a stop, but we have work to do. So we have a stop. Right. But, <laughs> you know, I want to make sure that I want to make sure yeah, no. people get their us, you know? So the second thing, I guess, I, the two other things I want to talk about, which are. I see, you, I've been talking about my games. What, what are you up? I don't know. Well, I can't talk. Well, I, so I played some more Mario Run, which. which okay. Like. I've gotten all of the black coins in the first two worlds. I can't. Yep. Go, I'm not going to go forward until I get them all as I move forward. Mm-hmm. So that's just going to be the thing that happens. The thing that I actually want to talk about though was not um uh was was not about a game I played. It was that more Switch info came out uh from a leak to Eurogamer today. So today there was a long long history of really really good reporting yeah. both on the Switch and just technical stuff in general. In general, Eurogamer has consistently been. A, a group of people who I go to to be like, okay, wait. So what's this? What's it mean that this thing has this <laughs> chip? I don't. I don't. What's a teraflop again? We, we yeah. We should have asked them what downsampling means. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> um, so they they made a report today that basically confirmed um, that the they confirmed the CPU and GPU clock speeds, basically how powerful and and fast the switch is. But then also the the thing that was kind of one of the notion, one of the kind of uh, Issues that was up in the air, one of the things that was contentious was, will the Switch be more powerful in the dock or not? Is that thing just about power? Is it just, or is it just about, uh, uh, you know, charge? Like, hey, you can plug it in to charge it and, and put it on the TV. Right. Or would there be processing power in it? Or would it be a thing, because a thing that happens too that, that I think is not super wide knowledge is that sometimes a processor will get overclocked if it has direct access to a, a consistent power source. I know that like, macbooks do that like if you're plugged in your macbook will run faster in certain instances than if it was just a, a, a like a laptop in laptop mode mm-hmm. or whatever um and so they confirmed or they didn't confirm uh, they're reporting that uh according to their sources if you remove the dock or if you remove the the switch from its dock it kind of loses like 2.5 percent of its power and all, in general uh, it's, it's kind of GPU speed, basically. It goes from, from 768 megahertz in the dock to 307.2 out of the dock. Um, and I don't want to get into like numbers or whatever, but I do think that it's interesting to start thinking about this as a thing that those two experiences seem like they'd be pretty different. Um, and I'm curious what you think about that and, and if this lines up with what you've been hearing or, or in general, what your thoughts have been about this sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, like I had heard around the time that they did the formal reveal of the switch that there was going to be a 
you know, people had noticed in the trailer, they're like, oh, it seems like maybe that game doesn't look as good uh, right. when they're taking it off the Switch. Uh, and, and that had been, you know, I talked to folks that had um, had meetings with Nintendo, and they said Nintendo was still figuring out what the balance was mm-hmm. on that. Um, it's my guess is Eurogamer, uh, you know, they, they – they have to be figuring, locking that down so developers can start optimizing their games. Like most devs don't have dev kits at this point, but that stuff starts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Starting to happen. Um, And, you know, what they're looking for is, like, if you... Uh, what Nintendo was struggling with, or not necessarily struggling with, but trying to to balance, was this idea of like it's portable, but if you only can use it for twenty minutes, what's the point of it being portable? Right. And so the the reason you you clock this stuff down, the reason you make it less powerful, is because that is a uh, that going in uh, in tandem with them trying to increase battery life to be, you know. I don't know what their measure is going to be. I don't know if it's like, oh, it can survive a cross country flight. You know, like can it? You know, I, I think what the number we were hearing was like early 3ds life, which the right. 3ds the the early 3ds could not survive like a cross country flight. You were looking at you know three four hours uh, probably, which is wild to think about in retrospect. <laughs> Like, yeah. Phew, okay. My guess is that's a lot of their consideration is, you know, you know, you're going to you can run this at a slower clock speed because they're probably going to bump the resolution down on the device. Like I'm not going to be surprised if, you know, it's not, you know, straight up 720p, you know, when you're walking around with it, like, you know, maybe, it, you know, dumps down into in, a different resolution. But yeah, it lines up with what I've heard. Uh, I, I, you know, how much of an impact that has, like, you know. I don't know. It's probably going to depend on the developer. You know, is this? I don't think it's going to mean you go from you know sixty frames a second in Breath of the Wild to thirty frames a mm-hmm. second. But uh, you know, it's going to have an impact. But the question is, uh, the other ways of us playing games like that are like, well, if, you know, think about how remote play works. Right. Like, you know, on remote play, you're dealing with stuttering and and, and and network connection issues. And, like, I've played, I did, like, Destiny loot grinds when I was, like, just hanging out at, like, hotels on my Vita. It's like, this isn't great, but, like, at least I can go shop, you know, what's that dude, the dude that you buy the rare loot from, the shopkeeper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that guy's name? Um, Cameron, whatever that, whatever that guy's name was. Like, I would, I would log in and do that. Um, so if that's like the low end, Zer? like, yeah, Zer, Zer, X U R, yeah. Uh, if that's the low end, then like this is like a better version of that. It's like okay, so Breath of the Wild's not going to look as good, but like you're going to be able to play it. Right. It's going to be playable, and like you can take it on the bus with you or something like that. So I don't know. I have, it's it's tough because all of it's speculation right now. Like we're going to know a lot more in a couple of weeks when they uh, formally let folks like yourself. Uh, right touch it uh and then they uh they go on their tour i very much like i do as long as i you know i'm i'm for my part not looking for it to be a powerhouse to begin with like it's just not what i've come to nintendo consoles for i can imagine being bummed if you were someone who wanted this to be like all right nintendo's stepping up to to the plate and they're gonna finally compete head-on with sony and and microsoft again and i'll get to buy my nintendo console and that will be where i get to play all of the new games i want to play 
Um, I, I get that that's like a real choice for some people where it's like, I have money for a console and, and to buy games for a console. Like, that's it. I don't get to have a PS4 and a Switch. Like, I'm not going to be able to afford that. So I get that that, I get that that is stressful. Uh, or not stressful, but just like, that's a choice you have to make. Um, yeah. But, but also, like, I, I am totally also okay with that being not necessarily my Nintendo machine, but like the thing I would love for it to become is to, to maybe go back to, I'd love for it to be the place where, like, the sorts of games that were coming out on the the uh, kind of PS4 in, in the early few years of the PS4, the early, like, year and a half of the, the Adam Boys era, uh, the uh-huh. Nick Sutner era of, of, like, lots of third-party outreach to small independent studios or, or not in, even necessarily independent, but, like, small project games. Um, because something, something things like, like Shovel Knight, like, don't necessarily need a ton of power to be good uh both in the dock and in in portable mode right so i'm i'm i would love for it to become the the vita 2 in that i know i'm sending it to its grave by saying that That's but i bad. would love for it to be that sort of machine that has those sorts of games on it that are fantastic for for when i take it away and then when i come home i can dock it and be like all right i want to see breath of the wild in 1080p or whatever it is on my on my on my tv and like bright color and and all of that um also i just have a long commute like it's a thing where i right now my commute is 45 minutes to an hour and an hour and 15 minutes depending on buses and other shit and or a strict like one hour if i just get on the train and go the long way around and i'm always trying to decide which way i do it if i had like a if i had zelda it would be pretty easy for me to convince myself to just do the (laughs) long way Um, yeah so we'll see. And also, I don't. I'm curious if if I would play the Switch on a train. That's a thing I'm actually curious about. Because uh, like Vita, I'll play on a train. Would I play the Switch knowing that the whole thing is like the console? And if I lost it, it would be bad because I just wouldn't. It would be my whole console would be gone. You know what I mean? I guess. But like you know, you use your phone, and your phone's gonna be more expensive can, than I can the Switch. Hold my whole phone. It's here. It is. Got it. I yeah I don't know we'll see and and also I I never uh, you know I I certainly feel for folks that you know if the Switch is going to be their primary console like I understand the the you know not getting all the latest and greatest third party games that run at like you yeah. know the best technical specs but like you know I, Super Mario, I go, look, go back look at Super Mario 3D World mm-hmm. like like the, Nintendo doesn't Those need games look great. yeah that game looks fine like that like looks it looks good. perfect yeah. like I don't need. I like Nintendo's advances were are not going to come through like additional memory and pro like they use that stuff in interesting ways like you know a game like Breath of the Wild is a game that can't exist without additional processing power but like the vast majority of the games they make um like essentially if the Switch is just like they're making sure they can run like Wii U quality like aesthetic games mm-hmm. but they can look really nice when you take them off the dock on the like, 720 screen yeah that's good that's good enough for me yeah um totally. um and yeah, and they also play the long game, right? Like they they make lower cost hardware so that if they have a blunder like the Wii U, like it doesn't kill the company, right. Right. <laughs> you know? Like right. like they they make sure that they uh, are always uh, compromising in the ways that play the, the long tail, that they get another shot. This is the like um, the the interesting double movement of of Nintendo. It's always that like oh, they're a super conservative company in that they adapt widely, already adapted technology slowly. They sometimes feel it feels like they're like three years behind the curve on things like Internet or, or you know, like I have no idea how to, I need to get a friend code from you if I want to play, if I want to compare Super Mario Run scores. Right. Quick correction, someone, by the way, did email and did let us know that Game Center is still in iOS. It's just not its own app. It's just built. It's just, oh. And then Nintendo just said, ah, we're not going to use that. Just friend codes. That's, that also makes total sense. Yep, again, right. Like they didn't adapt that. Um, 
but also they're all Nintendo's also cutting edge and like, oh fuck it, we're gonna try our own weird shit. And that is part of why they're so frustrating, but also part of why they're so amazing. Like uh, so I'm I'm super curious about about the Switch at this point. I'm I'm I feel the not the hype building necessarily, but a year ago when we all basically knew what this thing was, I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds alright. But like here we are a couple of months out and I'm like, okay, like can I imagine this entering people's lives maybe not the way the Wii did where like so many people picked up a Wii and had fun with their parents and blah 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 but like something uh, closer to the way kindles did where it's like oh right like kindles i see kindles everywhere now i see people playing kindles or reading on kindles constantly um and for the first like six months it was like oh weird that person has an ebook and now it's just like all right there are ebooks everywhere and yeah if they think they play their cards really well, Nintendo has the chance to make portable gaming on dedicated gaming devices really popular again. Uh, I think uh, in the States, obviously this is different in different parts of the world. Um, but like while they're doubling down on their mobile stuff, doing this thing is like also we're going to build a dedicated portable gaming machine feels like a chance at that happening again. I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind like going onto a subway and seeing five people playing Zelda. That would be a pretty cool thing. The, Nintendo's output the last, let's say, two years or so has been pretty low on a software level side. So like what gets me excited is like throughout the, you know, whatever happens financially with the Switch is that like we're going to end, you know, the 3DS is going to continue being a thing. Like mm-hmm. it is especially a post Pokemon Go um, and po- uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Like the 3DS is doing really well from all accounts. It sounds like they out they sold all their holiday stock already right. um, because they were expecting 3ds sales to go down and then um, Pokemon has really spiked uh, everything for them um, which is again that's indicative of Nintendo's hyper conservative attitude yep. um, for for better or worse uh, but the idea that like in the next like over the next couple of years like we're gonna get the the combined powers of their handheld divisions their console divisions um, all making games for a brand new platform at the same time while right. they've also been sitting on stuff. Like, I just, you know, maybe we convince ourselves of this every time Nintendo launches a new platform because I feel like I've said this before, yep. which is like, nope, this is going to be the one where, like, they have awesome games all the time instead of, like, every six to 12 months. But it does seem like if we're, you know, you know, we're due for a new Mario, we're yeah. due for a new Zelda, like, Rucho's working on something, like, uh, there could, could be a lot of really exciting like Nintendo games, like really, really soon. Like as soon, like March is not that far, right? Like I could be playing a brand new 3D Mario game, Game of the Year 2017, in March, uh, and and that's exciting. I don't think they'll, they're not going to launch with the Mario game, Patrick. They're going to launch with Zelda, right? Like they're not going to. No, it's already been. It's already not. Is it? The, uh, yeah, they've already basically said that's not happening. Oh, okay. The rumor is that it's getting delayed till summer. Oh, so. that's a shame. Oh, well, maybe it'll be Mario. Who knows? Uh, game of the Year Mario. Game of the Year 2017, please. Is that the, that's the actual? That's what they're naming it. Yeah, whereas other other companies just say we're going to wait till it comes out, get the critical acclaim, and release the game of the year edition. Yeah. Nintendo is just go straight up, just saying, "Look, come on, game of the year 2017, starring Mario." Yeah, that's totally possible. Well, we'll see that, Patrick. I'll let you have this dream. I'll let you Thank hold you. it in your heart. It's I'm not Thank here you. to step on your on your dreams and and your Please aspirations don't. for Nintendo. Don't. Not your own. Please don't. I'll step on your own, but I'm, that's I won't, fine. I won't that's, step that's your on job. your goals for for Nintendo. We'll see what they do themselves. I think it's time to go over to the old question bucket and dip our I hands. Quest- in. I think the question bucket might be behind that outlet in my office. <laughs> oh no. I think the bucket. I think the bucket might be leaking <laughs> into my house. Oh, all right, here's a good one. This is a fresh one coming in just a couple of days ago from Franklin Sizemore. 
I'm going to pick a few from the top of the bucket. It's Monday, so that's All what right. I like to do. If you want your questions to be in the bucket, where should people send them, Patrick? Uh, gamingadvice.com. You got Title. It. Uh-huh. Questions. Questions. Questions to gamingadvice.com. Exactly. This one comes in from Franklin, who says, Hello, humans. Uh, uh, Hello. If, if Duke Nukem Forever were more successful, would a game mm. like Duke Jr., Duke's embarrassed teenage son, <laughs> be possible? Thanks. Franklin Sizemore. Yes, you could say that name if you choose. <laughs> also, I can't. Frank Franklin Sizemore's Franklin like, avatar is just a very is just an intense close up on a face, just like <laughs> top lip up to brow. It's a lot to look at. So yeah, Duke Junior. What do you think, Patrick? I, only the best questions from the questions. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I've never been asked. You know, you know, we could ask some some tough questions about like social economic moral issues oh, on this coming. podcast but like the no what i'm saying is like i've never been asked something as difficult as <laughs> imagining a world where two can come forever was was a success <laughs> i don't know yeah if they made another one of those they would have made us if that had done well they would have made a sequel and it would have bummed me out because that was a bad well, game duke is coming back patrick come on well the, did they already release their well like it seems like they're laying the groundwork like between this uh Duke Nukem what was it uh, expansion pack they did for the original Duke Nukem 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gearbox is involved in this weird sixty dollar HD re release of Bulletstorm, which like I liked Bulletstorm, but like paying sixty dollars for that game when it came out last gen seems a little weird. But they're also including Duke as a character in that, in which they re recorded lines for the entire game. Yep, where he just replaces like. They make some sort of canonical version of, which in some ways I think is kind of hilarious and awesome, except that it's Duke. Except that it's Duke, and like the entire okay. Whenever I hear anybody defend Bulletstorm, whenever I hear anybody talk about how much they like Bulletstorm, not defend it. Lots I of like people, playing lots of people Bulletstorm. love Bulletstorm. They really do, and lots mm-hmm. of people who I who I respect, like you, like Cameron Kunzelman loves Bulletstorm, a columnist yeah. at Waypoint. A lot of people who I who I from from all walks of life, from like the <laughs> highest minded critics to like. The average the Twitter user, muck. the muckety mucks, right? No, that's not what, to like regular <laughs> folks who just like, oh yeah, I spent sixty bucks on that game, and I was happy with it, right? Um, yeah, have 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 de- defended their love of Bulletstorm in the face of 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 people, Austin Walker, of me who like thought it was okay. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Um, I you know you you shoot a lot of quote unquote savages in that game is all I'm saying. Uh, the the thing that worked for me and that seems to have worked for a lot of those other people, tiny that, bit of shade there, tiny bit of shade. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, they, uh, there's almost a self-parody of the genre there, right? Which is, which, in some senses, is what Duke Nukem 3D had been when it first came out, was, Mm -hmm. like, this, like, hilarious version of Commando and, and just, like, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and and 80s action heroes, um, pushed to the brink, pushed to, like, the point of complete absurdity. And the, and the advent of, like, interactivity in 3D spaces. Right. Like, brought, like, brought to, again, an absurd, like, where, like, it was genuinely kind of cool that you could, like, start a sink and pee in a urinal. Like, because, like, you just couldn't do that stuff in games. It's also hilarious because, like, the character from Scorpion is basically pissing, right? Like, haha, <laughs> this action hero is like, and there's like the, that level of like interactivity, mundanity mixed with the guy who's like just quoting Ash from Evil Dead is yeah. like 
okay, there's, there's, I'm smiling, I'm smirking at that. Yeah. But when that game came back out, like, no, like, there's no touchstone for that. That's not what action heroes are like at this point. You know, you, you would need to be a lot more like a Jason Statham character. You need to be a lot more like a Vin Diesel character. And those characters are already themselves weird deconstructions of 80s action heroes, right? Like, they're right. already aware in a way that a lot of, uh, those movies were not. Um, and so to have Duke now come into Bulletstorm, which mm-hmm. felt like, a parody of bad action game characters yep. already feels like, no, you're just doubling down on the thing this game was already making fun of. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe they'll be really well written and they'll be very funny. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I just don't... I don't need any more Duke Nuke. Like, I just don't. <laughs> no. Like, I, and he's not a character worth reinventing either, right? Yeah. Like, like the and that that's what, like, worries me about that. Like, it's all leading towards... The revival of Duke Nukem, the modernization of Duke Nukem for 2016. Like, there's just, come on, man. There's like way better creative pursuits than trying to find a way to shove. Duke Nukem was funny because of the time period he existed in. Yeah. He did not have some Dietrich cultural reverence that needs to be reinterpreted uh, oh. in 2016. 2016. We got John Wick too. Yeah. We don't need you, right. Duke Nukem. We right. got John Wick. And he's in a game already. He's in Payday. Is he really? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. If you get Payday right now, Payday, mm, have you looked at the Payday DLC lately? No. Payday 2. Is there a lot of it? Oh my god, dude. I'm just thinking about this John Wick 2 trailer I haven't watched yet. We should should go watch that. That sounds good. Payday 2 has every character there is in it. They're just in that game now. So like... Just the all the character DLC? All the character DLC. $500. It's like Smash Brothers, but for robbing people (laughs) at this point. Like, so it started early on in that they were like, oh, we're going to do a crossover with Hotline Miami. I was like, yeah, okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. John Wick is in this game. Like, the John Wick. It Keanu Reeves? Like, it's his face. Them? Yeah. I have, oh. Even, yeah. They scanned his... Okay. They took his face off and then put it on a character inside of Payday <laughs> oh. 2. Uh, he has his own, like, talent tree. He has his own, like, level up tree. Um, uh, uh, Ron Perlman is in this game, basically uh-huh. playing his character from Sons of Anarchy. Um, what? Yeah. Uh... Uh, there is a Point Break heist, so the new Point Break, there's the Point Break characters are in that game. Um, there is, uh, who just got added? Someone else just got added. There's a Scarface character pack, I Why? guess. Why? You know, sometimes you want to do be a Scarface. There's no through line in, like, any of those character You choices. don't want to get together, you don't want, you don't want, like, Jacket from, from the Hotline Miami teaming up with, with, Al Pacino? Is that not what you want to do? I don't know if it's actually Al Pacino. Well, I actually looked there at is something yeah. like there, okay, I'll, 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 I will say this is the kind of deeply appealing about that that matchup, but if, yes. it feels like they just grabbed the, like someone was like, I don't know, point the point break people were like, oh, they'll take it. Yep. I think it's Scarface. I think it's I'm going to hit play on this trailer. I, I think it's Scar. I think it's the Scarface. It says Scarface TM. Oh, the the dark gritty Scarface reboot. But he has a Scarface. He has a mask on, just like in the movie. Yeah, it was all right, cocaine. Like it was a cocaine mask. Oh, one of his guns is called the Little Friend. Of course. Okay, mm. I'm closing the screen. Bye. Mm, stop it. But yeah, so I don't. How do I even get to pay, payday? John Wick is in payday. I don't need the Duke Nukem. <laughs> 2016. We lost David Bowie. We lost Prince. We can, we can lose Duke we, Nukem. We lost, we lost Adam to Leonard file. Cohen. We can lose Duke Nukem. <laughs> Sorry, John St. John. He's doing other stuff. He said some... Did, was he... I don't know. This is not digging into John St. John shit. He's, <laughs> I, who knows? Um, 
Let me do one more question. The question okay. bucket. I think we got. I think we got mm-hmm. time for one more. One more hot sure. question here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's find one I really like here. Um, I don't think either of us are really qualified to digging into hot Pokemon mechanics right now. Nope. So there, there's two questions here that I'm going to combine into one question. One comes in from Ooh, Matt. Matt. Thanks, Matt. One comes in from Mick. Um, Mick writes. I've been thinking mm-hmm. about, hey, waypointers. I, I like there's a variation on, on whether we're waypointers. Some people call us wayfarers. I like that. Hey, waypointers. Okay. I've been thinking a bit, re- uh, I've been thinking a bit about recent and upcoming releases, and I realize I'm facing a crisis of open world fatigue. I noticed that you guys, and Austin in particular, have been diving into all of these open worlds and have managed to avoid that feeling, or at least haven't mentioned it yourselves. Do you have any tips in the, on how to get over the fact that a lot of these open world games end up feeling like they play too similarly? Also, my favorite open world series is the Yakuza series. It's just the best. Uh, thanks for the podcasts. Love you guys. Keep it up. And then, and then Matt, combining these two questions into one, says, In this day and age of open world, just one more turn and lose track of time games. Do you keep track of hours played or use in-game timers to decide either when you should take a break from the game for a while or when it's time to abandon side quests and finish the main story? So... And two sides of the same coin. On one hand, it's like the general meta. Are we getting mm-hmm. bored of open world games? Is there open world fatigue? How do you deal with that? And two, when you are playing one of these games, how do you manage it so that you don't burn out on a specific one? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's. Uh, there are a lot of these games, and yeah. I think also uh, it, well, open world used to be <clears throat> a genre, and now open world is becoming sort of like a feature, um, right? So it's like Metal Gear Solid Five. Maybe not what we would usually call an open world game, but like was right. like was totally an open world game. Like had a big open sprawling world that you could explore and systemic things were going on. But it's different than the kind of systemic open world that's happening in like a Watch Dogs two, where it's like simulating a, a city and, and right. things that are happening. So it's like it's we're losing the plot on open world because that is starting to mean a lot of different things. But I think he's specifically talking about the you know like especially like the Ubisoft yeah, uh, so. games of the world, the Mafia three. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, like, I just finished, you know, Final Fantasy 15. Probably the reason I wanted to play Last Guardian and Rez was because, like, that's something completely different. Like, I find it, like, really important to have, like, palate cleansing games, like, stuff that is just, like, I'm about to start playing The Walking Dead Season 3. Like, that is right, as different right. as you get from, uh, from these games. But, uh, when I, when I do play them, I, uh, I essentially, like, I dabble in the, the side stuff, and I just, there's, like, a intangible point that I hit with any of these games were, and I hit it with Final Fantasy 15 at the moment that I realized the side quests were pointless. Mm-hmm. Like that was the moment where I was like, okay, like basically I'll mine the things around the edges of the story to the point that it's either just going to be a grind to find collectibles. Like there is no real meaning other than just like, you know, if it is literally just seeing a number go up right, so I like, can get a trophy, right. then that is not I – do, I do not fi- describe uh, get much meaning out of that, like, unless it's the rare instance where, like, I've talked about collectibles and, like, Mario games where I feel like they're deployed where, for like, – going after them is their own – is kind of the own reward, right? Like, the reason you're playing is because it's fun to go after them. Right, yeah. Like, the journey to uh, that collectible is, is, is fun, whereas, like, often in these open world games, like, you know, like, I'm playing – I'm – Dipping back into Mafia Three because I, I really want to try and uh, know, know a little bit more of that store before we do our end of the year stuff. Um, like collecting like the Playboy magazines like doesn't lead me to anywhere interesting. They just are. They're they literally everywhere. just opened up a map and just like dumped them, you know. And so like I'll find them as I come across them 
naturally, but I'm never going to go out of my way. And like, I'll hit a tipping point in Mafia Three where it's like, you know, oh, I'm hacking into these, or I guess not hacking, but you know, you're 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 breaking into freaking, these because uh, it's a phone line. Freaking, yeah, R E A K I N G. And at some point, that'll cease being interesting or cease being something I'm doing naturally as along with the story. And then I'll just stop doing it, and then I'll just uh, move uh, along. Like it's yeah. it's very rare that I find any of these games interesting enough to hundred uh, like, percent them to hundred percent them. The old, like it's not just a time thing. I just I just don't think they give good justifications for why you even should. Yeah. So I feel like for me, it's a lot of um. I, I, there's definitely a tipping point with almost all of these games where it's like, eh, I'll start with like wanting to be a completionist about them, and then along the way, we'll figure out what I want to be a completionist about. Um, yeah. So like in uh in Mafia Three, it was that I wanted to make sure that I got certain. I, I upgraded my like my capos or whatever to a certain level so that I would get the unlocks that I wanted from them. And so I did enough side stuff to get that stuff. And then I was like, eh, I, like, I can get a little bit more. I could get an extra thing from that person. I just don't really care enough about that thing, so I'm done. Um, so I, I, try, I try to I try to – and this, this can be an answer to like how do you not burn out on these games, uh, which is like set yourself small goals, achieve those goals, and move on. Um, the, the other answer for like how do I not burn out on small – or how do, I, how do I get over my open world fatigue is like, it's okay to not play open world games. Like I happen yeah. to really like them and, and will defend my own enjoyment of them, but I'm not here to like evangelize to you about why you should come to the church of the open world. Right. Like I'm a motherfucker. Don't, don't feel bad if you don't want to play a game. Totally. Like, like my blog, not, like there's so many games to play these days. Exactly. Like you the, have endless stuff to play. I've always been someone who loves games like this. Like, and that is a quality of me. Uh, and what I want to do is shine a light on where those things are doing something that I think is interesting or productive or uh, uh, is pushing the medium into something cool. Uh, when I t- told that story about the Mafia 3 scene in which you, you kind of like have to like do a hit on this judge, I think that it played out in a way that's like, oh, here's a reminder of how open worlds can, can help us do interesting storytelling beats. But it's not like – and that's why linear games are bad. Um it's why when I write about why I, I don't – I'm not as big of a fan of the Uncharted games as many people. It's not me saying like you're all wrong about liking that thing. It's me trying to unravel why it is I don't like a thing. So if, if you right. feel burnt out on open world games right now, like go play Res. Go play you know a bunch of other cool linear stuff. Or if you know like, oh, what I really want is a Yakuza game, like try to figure out why it is you those games re- you respond well to. Find other games that have those sorts of traits in them. So is it the goofiness that Yakuza has and so many of the open world games that are available are kind of grim and shitty? Like, fuck them. Is it because it has really cool mini games? Find open world games that have cool mini games. You know, find find things that, that match what you look for. Or just, like, hang out until there's a new Yakuza game. Yakuza Zero comes out fairly soon. Yeah, Janu- yeah January? sometime next month. Yeah, so, yeah. so, like, you got one of those coming up. Play that and like. It, it, I'm gonna play that. Me too. I'm excited about it. I've never played a Yakuza, but I like watching videos of Yakuza games on YouTube. And Yakuza I wanna, is funny. I want to make those my videos. They're, it's a cool fucking. The series is good. I've played, I think, every game in the series. I haven't completed every game in the series. I've completed a few of them, um, and really, really like it. I'm really actually excited for Yakuza Kiwami. 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 Uh, is that the like the actual proper sequel? No, it's the remake of one that's coming out. Oh, that okay. came out a couple of years ago or something. But it's a remake with new te- like new assets. They actually just okay. made it new, and they added a bunch of side new side stuff, new main stuff. They kind of have restructured. There's a character in the first Yakuza game, and I love how he shows up. Uh, I think he's a main character in Zero also. Uh, and in the first Yakuza game, you just like go to the batting cages to go like. 
get some information from him. And he's the guy with the eye patch. He's like in a bunch of these Yakuza game games now. Uh, okay. And in the first game, he's like kind of a throwaway character. It's like you go there and have a fight with him, and like it's a fun like there's a heated rivalry there, but that's just kind of gestured to. And in, in Kiwami, it seems like that's going to be heightened in a big way. Like they've re- they've made him, they've made. I looked at a press release for this or a, a preview, and they talked about how, like, he's just going to be in the game all over the place, keeping an eye on you at all times, including, mm. like, from manhole covers. And it's like, good. all right, good. Like, let's just have this dude be, like, goofy-ass version of Nemesis, who's just chasing me down all game. That sounds incredible. Uh, and I just, I really have a fondness for the first Yakuza game. I think it's a tight game compared to what some of the other ones were, which were okay. a little bit more sprawling. And so... I've wanted there to be a good jumping on point for this series for people for a long time. Like, I want to fight tigers. I want to fight you could do tigers that. with a fist. You can fight tigers with your fist. You can fight gangsters. You can fight. There's an underground arena. Like it's, I say it's a tighter game, but also the first Yakuza game is everything from like back alley brawls to like nationwide conspiracies and good like weird hierarchies from secret Yakuza clan. Like it's great. It's so good and funny and and weird. Um, and is what I wanted. It's what I. It's why I'm not excited about Shenmue Three. Is like, yeah, we got it. Like Yakuza, catch <laughs> it up. Like we didn't. I'm not missing out. Uh, I they figured out. Someone else figured out how to keep making those games. Uh, it was Sega. Sega kept doing it. Sega kept making. I was going to say, games. yeah, mm, like that's. Mm. It's called Yakuza. Uh, so that's my that's my suggestion for how not to burn out on open world games. Yeah, like, take that, Shenmue fans. <laughs> yeah, if you like Shenmue games, like that's. Sorry, like I actually really like Shenmue in concept and think it's was daring. I think it was a daring game that I liked. And now I could never go. I've watched two different people play through, two different groups of people play through Shenmue in the last year. I've watched it twice this year. It does not hold up. <sighs> Shenmue. Shenmue, Duke Nukem. Get the fuck Get out. out. His name is Mr. Shenmue, <laughs> thank you. His name Added is- you to the pile of 2016. <laughs> Mr. Shenmue, see yourself out. His name is Good Boy Rio. I think that's I think this is technical. <laughs> What's his the real name? Uh, all right, Patrick. I think that's going to bring episode twenty three of Waypoint Radio to a close. Ooh. I think we we got there. We did it. We like we, we figured out how to get through another another episode. It's the end of the year. It's going to be a super busy week for us. Yeah. Uh, we're prepping for for next week's end of the year content. Look forward to that content. Hashtag content. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Patrick? Find me. Uh... Pete Kovic on Facebook and uh, at Patrick Kovic uh, on Twitter. It's a good place to and find I guess it. I get somewhere on Waypoint, I guess. I don't know. Waypoint.vice.com. Uh, oh. Waypoint.zone. You could go yeah. to digitalpyramids.com. I could. You could go to bazinga.zone. Good. There's probably more out there, too. I, I don't know. I haven't looked. Shenmue.zone. Shenmue.zone could take you to <laughs> don't go to Shenmue Zone. The Shenmue Zone is a bad place. No. Don't trick, don't <laughs> let them trick you into going there. That's where all the Shenmue fans have been for like the last twenty years. It's kind of like the the negative zone. It's a bad place. God, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker on Facebook at Austin Walker Games. You can find us as a unit as Waypoint at twitter.com slash Waypoint on Facebook at Waypoint Vice. Uh, you can find us on on YouTube at Waypoint Vice, I believe. You can listen to us on this show, the one that you're hearing in your ears right now, obviously on iTunes, on Android, or Google Play Store. Tell your friends. Tell people about it. Please give us a, a, a like or a favorite or a give, give us five stars Star. and a There's review. Stars. There's stars on uh, it. Yeah. That would be good. That's a useful thing to give us. 
Shout outs to Tim Barnes, who is not engineering this, but is going to produce it later. So thank you, Tim. And shout outs to, to Boen, who is playing the song that you're you're either listening to right now or about to listen to. Miss you off of his EP, Pale Machine. You can find out more about Boen at waypoint.zone slash Boen, B-O-E-N. I think it's going to do it for us today, Patrick. I will see you uh, on, on fr- you, you, all of you, <laughs> on Friday. You're pointing at me again. Including okay. you, all right. Patrick. All right. I'll see you in the future. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.